Hello, friends. Welcome on in to another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Monti, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX. This guy is the Thunderstick and your vice mayor, the one and only Jesse Friedman. The one and only. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, actually, that's not true, because if, if if we Google you, we found out that there's the, yeah, let's terrible, not talk about that. terrible results that come up. Uh, he's, he's shared it turns out that some other people with my same name yeah. have done some really unfortunate Jeez. things. But I assure you, that person is not me. Allegedly. Uh, <laughs> Allegedly. I don't, <laughs> don't know. Don't do this to me, Derek. Jesse Friedman. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> welcome in, guys. This show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, we are very excited, of course, as you all know, since you're Arizona Diamondbacks fans. Uh, our prospects are very good. They're very, very good. But how good? Uh, maybe not. I, maybe we didn't even know that they would be this good because Baseball America has released their top 100 prospects list for 2023 uh, today. And things things are looking pretty great for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Jesse. Things are looking pretty great. Uh, Gunnar Henderson is number one. Nah, so Cor- Corbin, Corbin that, that's the one like bad whatever. news thing here. Corbin Carroll is yeah. not the number one overall prospect in baseball, according to Baseball America. But he is number two. Uh, However, what, would you trade in a number one for five? Yes, five of the top 30 prospects on this list. Five of the top 30. So we've got that's Corbin Carroll at number two. We've got Gabriel Moreno at number 12, who is still considered a prospect yes. by Baseball America. Although he doesn't have rookie eligibility, so he won't be on MLB Pipeline's yeah, list. Yeah, you probably won't find him on most most. Yeah, other Baseball lists. America like plays by different rules, I guess. Um, <laughs> they all play by their own rules. It's baseball. <laughs> uh, you got Jordan Lawler at number 13. You've got Drew Jones at number 24. And honestly, the biggest surprise of them all, you have Brandon Fott at number 27, 27. in all of baseball, which is Let's pretty go. wild. That's pretty exciting. Now, I think it is a bit interesting. I think Drew Jones feels a little low on the list just by... Where by comparison to where he's been on other prospects list, but I mean, it's pretty wild that, that he's at number 24 after, you know, he literally has like one workout. Yeah. He came he, out, he came, yeah, he threw, he threw out a first pitch at a Diamondbacks game and yeah. his prospect <laughs> ranking went up, you know, uh, but you're right. I mean, it is kind of wild considering, you know, they, they haven't seen him play ma- very many professional games. Yeah. Right? Well, I mean, he hasn't played and like he literally had like one workout and then, you know, the shoulder thing happened and he had surgery and that's been his professional baseball career so far. And Not he's great. still number 24 on the list, I guess, you know, being the son of Andrew Jones and being a very, very good prospect in his own right. That'll that'll go that'll pretty do far. That for you. Now, I will say this, though. Uh, I, I have no concerns about this injury, and the reason why is because so far all of our best players have been injured when they were around this stage in their career, it seems like. I know not everybody's going to utilize the time as well as like Corbin Carroll did, for instance. We know about his time uh, sitting with scouts and trying to use his time when he was injured uh, to just understand the game of baseball better and, and use the time that he had to to make himself a better uh, player and a, and a better person when it comes to comes with baseball but uh yeah jordan lawler and drew jones both kind of experienced these uh injuries around the same time jordan lawler now doing much better actually you uh talked to uh, our friend nick ahmed from the arizona diamondbacks and he had some very nice things to say about uh jordan lawler and his progression he did yeah yeah i'll be writing about this soon i think we might we might release the the video uh version of the interview as well if you guys are nice enough to us you gotta, know, yeah, maybe, you gotta be nice maybe if you we hit nice. maybe if we hit uh 5, followers Ooh. then then we'll then we'll do oh, it i don't know we, we have to come up with some sort yeah, of a way to for us to get it. yeah they have to work for it away for free right 
Uh, no, uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick did talk about um, his relationship with Jordan Lawler a little bit, and you'll get some more details on this when, when the interview actually comes out. But, uh, but yeah, they worked a little bit on some things defensively in the fall league when Jordan Lawler was, was here in Arizona for that. And uh, it sounds like, you know, uh, Nick had nothing but good things to say about Jordan and is very, very high on, on his future and what he could be not only offensively, but defensively as well. Uh, you said that Brandon fought being in the top 30 surprised you a bit. And I guess, yeah, I guess I understand that and we can get into that. But did it surprise you to see this many prospects on the list uh, in the top 30 from the Arizona Diamondbacks? Or was he just, um, just the main outlier that kind of you weren't expecting to see? Ranked yeah, that I think like like. I these are the guys I would have thought would be in the top 100. I just didn't think that Brandon Fott would be as high as number 27. Um, of course, okay. we could also talk about who is not on the list, right? Which is Dre Jameson, Ryan, Ryan Nelson, Nelson. Yeah. Uh, Davison De Los Santos. None of those guys made this list, which I'm not hugely shocked by. I think it's possible that, you know, when the athletic and MLB pipeline, when they come out with their list, maybe, you know, you see one or both of those uh, young pitchers come up and, and actually show up on, on those lists. But uh, Baseball America didn't have those guys, but apparently they're extremely high on uh, on Brandon Fott, which is which is also exciting to see. Uh, I, I think, yeah, obviously we know about Brandon Fott. We know about what we what we are expecting out of him. We're very excited to see him. However, uh, I was going to say, does this uh, excite you about the team's future? Or, or does this is this just kind of arbitrary, you know, when it comes down to things? Um, I mean, this is this is incredible, right? This is incredible from from a D back like no other team I, I actually i guess i should be careful here i didn't do a tally but i'm very very confident that no other team has five in the top, in the top three. i mean that's yeah. insane yeah uh, on average the right there are 30 teams so in the top 30 each team on average is going to have one guy yeah the d-backs have five like that's insane yeah that's absolutely insane yeah. they don't have anyone else in, in the top 100 like, like we just said but why do you need anybody? Why do you need them in the top 100 when they're all in the top 30 like, yeah all exactly it's like the top if a team has five in the top 100 that's, that's, pretty damn that's good. above average yeah. in itself. Sure. But if you have five in the top 30, it's like, yeah, I mean, that, there's just a lot of elite level, potentially elite level talent in this organization, um, especially from a position player standpoint, right? All yeah. of these guys except for fodder position players. And and that's exciting moving forward. I mm -hmm. mean, there's there's we've known this for a while. This D-backs farm system's in a good spot. And uh, Baseball America just confirmed that fact today. Look, and I know Ryan Nelson and Dre Jamison, they're going to have their ups and downs this season. People can say what they want about them. All I know is so far, those guys, there wasn't very much, uh, there wasn't very high expectations for them to perform the way that they did last season. To, right. do it, to do it at a major league level is so much more important to me than where you fall on some list or some prospect ranking, right? I, I, I would be thrilled to see them even close to what they were doing when they first arrived and that enough for me is that 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 is good enough for me that is good enough for me as far as them being in the starting rotation or at least yeah. being a critical part of this team um mark Slayer says 30 is better than 100 jesse yes we covered that we know that we get that um but uh what's what 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 might be better than 100 is uh corbin carroll getting an 80 
uh, when it comes to run on a, on a 20 to 80 scale, meaning he's just the fastest human being in baseball <laughs> that you can imagine. More surprisingly, on the same list, they gave Except him... for Dre Jameson. Right? Oh, yeah, Dre Jameson. <laughs> Dre Jameson can beat Corbin Carroll in a foot race. We know that for when, a fact. When we see the new scouting reports come out on Dre Jameson, I know they don't normally put run on there for but a we picture, need it. We but need we, we it. need to see the 80 run tool it. for Dre yeah. Jameson. Right. <laughs> uh, but Corbin Carroll is given a, a 60 on the power yeah. tool scale, which That's is bullish. Shockingly surprising. You don't you don't see kids who are f- at least listed at 5'10, 165 <laughs> getting a 60. And I know like there's a girl in my daughter's sixth grade class that's that size. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying anything else about it. I'm just saying there is a sixth grader out there that's as tall and weighs as much as Gordon. I, I wanna like I wanna make it clear just like how crazy that actually is. A 60 and and this took me years to really figure out. You have a twenty to eighty scale, right? So fifties so in the middle, and and four actually forty would be in the middle, wouldn't it? Twenty, 40, no, no, 50? no. 50 one of, one of us was a math oh, teacher yeah, a year right. ago, Derek, uh, and it I'm wasn't done. you. A, it wasn't um, me. Twenty to eighty scale. <laughs> twenty to eighty scale. Fifties right. in the middle. So that's average. Yeah. So fifties average, but but it's not like oh sixty is like basically average. Like sixty in in scouting terms is actually a pretty prestigious rating to get for a particular tool um i've heard and i'm gonna go into the crazy math talk here but generally speaking if you're if you're a 60 instead of a 50 you're you're uh, there's a few people i know i know at least (laughs) at least chris is interested in what i have to say uh a 60 is considered like one standard deviation above what would what an average player would be um for encouraging this is yeah i know i i'm I'm already I'm, i'm already down this road um, but all that to say, if you know anything about statistics, one standard deviation is not a small amount. You're well above average in that category. And I don't honestly, I think it's bullish. I don't know if I would give Corbin Carroll a 60 in power. He's above average at a lot of things. I don't necessarily know if power is one of them. Um, but and I mean, I, he slugged 500 last year, right in his brief stint in the big league. So, you know, maybe they're looking at that and, and that's, that's their their view of his of his power situation i'm a bit worried they're looking more at the minor league statistics potentially in some of the dingers that he had down there which yeah honestly, his power numbers in the minors were consistently very impressive but it's also again the teams don't want to acknowledge it the managers don't want to acknowledge it the players don't want to acknowledge it it's, it's the two most hitter friendly ballparks pretty much in all of the mi- in all of minor league baseball That's so true. it's really That's hard true. to gauge exactly where you're at until you get There's also the fact that like for Corbin Carroll and I think we saw this a lot with Jake McCarthy given how insanely fast he is uh slugging percentage is not all about power right it's also about bases, can you bases. yeah it's yeah. total bases it's yeah. can you stretch a single into a double can you stretch a double into a triple those things also make your slugging percentage play up and Corbin Carroll is very, very good at that. So I wonder if maybe very that true. kind of factors in. Like if you look at some of those slugging percentages, you might be convinced that he's a 35 homer guy. I don't necessarily think that's the case. But um, I mean, they're looking at exit velos and, and that kind of thing, too. So from a batted ball perspective, maybe there really is something to what what baseball America seems to be seeing there. Well, we thank you guys, of course, for being here, being here in the chat. We always love to see all of our friends here. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when we go live or any of our wonderful shows on the network go live. Also, uh, leave us a thumbs up. That's like our favorite part. Forget all the other stuff we just said. Just thumbs up. That's that's 
That's all. Ben, Jesse ben wants said he left a thumbs up earlier. Yeah. So we, we well, he did that ben so that, that you would watch his. Or we would post the, the video, video yeah, but that's right. not the way it works. Right I don't here. care what the motive is. Yeah. If, if people, if people do it, yeah, then just that's, do it. That's just do matters. it. Uh, if you're listening to us on your favorite audio podcasting app, we appreciate you doing so. Please leave us a review there as well. Uh, five star reviews make us smile. Uh, anything less uh, causes a meeting between me and Jesse, and you don't want that. You don't want Jesse <laughs> to be in meetings all day long with me, asking him why people are giving us four star reviews. Uh, so help us out there. Uh, more importantly, if you haven't done so already, grab yourself a PHNX diehard membership over at gophnx.com. We always appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, somebody hit a thumbs down and I can't even now I've, I'm crushed and I can't even go on with my day. Uh, but of course, uh, if you get that membership, you will. Didn't get, that happen yesterday? Yeah, too? they did. Right when we were saying the maybe thing we about should liking. stop I'm asking. Stop talking about this liking stuff, always I guess. Uh, of course, if you guys make sure uh, to get that diehard membership, not only will you get 20% off over at the phnxlocker.com. You'll also get a free piece of merch every year that you're a member. You'll get 20% off uh, on, our, on our events, special invites to members-only events, uh, access to our diehard Discord lounge, uh, as well as so many other things, right? We got Jesse's diehard. A lot of things. Lot of things. Jesse locks his stuff behind a paywall sometimes. And you Not all the membership. stuff. Just, Not just all the, the stuff. Just a couple just of things. Just the best, every the once best while. stuff. Just the best stuff, right? Yeah. He does. He, he's very he's very discerning about which which pieces need to be locked. And you should see the <laughs> conversations we have. He's like, you know what? This one didn't cut it. This one, uh, I'm going to have to put this one for free. So <laughs> uh, make sure to check out all of his wonderful writing, though, whether it's behind the paywall or not. Uh, grab yourself that membership. Join us for all of our wonderful events because we're always doing fun stuff. And we, uh, we want you guys to be there with us. We enjoy doing this stuff with you guys. We've had a lot of fun so far. So it's, it's not even very far into the new year. And I feel like we've hung out with a lot of our uh, PHNX members a lot this year. So it's, <laughs> things are going great. Uh, speaking of things going great, uh, last year, the Arizona Diamondbacks had a much better season, I think, than we, you know, expected them to when many, many people expected them to, uh, I said 75 wins and you said whatever, 82 wins, if I'm not um, mistaken. Anyway, so. <laughs> well, some of us believe more in the team than they believe in themselves. Uh, <laughs> however, one of the situations the Diamondbacks did have to deal with last season was Geraldo Perdomo taking over the majority of the reps at shortstop. As Jesse said, he talked to Nick Ahmed today, who was feeling great. Uh, feels very, very ready to get out on field, but uh, uh, definitely Geraldo Perdomo uh, was a big part of this season's success because he was able to step in and take over that role, uh, even though he wasn't really projected to play nearly as much as he was kind of forced to last season. So uh, maybe maybe got a bit more playing time and we saw more of Perdomo last year than we would have otherwise, but I think it was a great opportunity for him to uh, not only get reps at a major league level, but for him to progress uh, and, yeah. and kind of find ways to help this team win ball games. Yeah, like if Nick Ahmed was healthy last year, I don't know if Geraldo Perdomo would have spent that much time in the big leagues, to be honest. It, it was kind of out of necessity that he was just sort of thrown into the fire and it was like, all right, Nick Ahmed is out for the season with shoulder surgery. We don't really have any other shortstops. So uh, good luck, kid. Um, and I and I think he handled it well, all all things considered. It was a lot to ask of a player as as young as Geraldo Perdomo still is. I believe he's going on his age twenty three season. Um, he's still very very young, uh, younger than you know some of these young prospects that, that we're talking yeah. about. Um, he's you know he's still right there. So there's there's a lot of room for him to to improve and progress. And and he showed some some good signs last year, but I don't think he was really developmentally in the place that he needed to be for being an everyday big league shortstop. It was out of necessity. And frankly, it was a little bit unfair of the D backs. No, I guess they didn't have much of a choice, but it was 
unfortunate that they had to force him into that role when he maybe wasn't ready for it. Let's be honest. That's the story of the Diamondbacks and their poor performance over the last multiple seasons, not just going back to last season, not just going back to to the disastrous 2021 season, but even prior to that. The injuries have crippled this team at times, and I say that because this year they finally feel like they have the depth to handle potential injuries. We they even have the depth at certain positions where we have asked why, you know, why they're pursuing this player or that player in particular. Why are they adding more uh, to their outfield roster when their depth is so? Because honestly, with the DH, with guys having versatility to play other positions, and based on what they've gone through in the past, I don't think that there is a number of guys that's too many guys to have at any one position right now for this team. I don't think we'll see them carry three catchers again like they did at one point a few years ago but i I will see i i do see this team doing everything they can to make sure that they don't have to literally go scrambling to the waiver wire or to available you know dfa candidates from other teams uh, in order to fill fill up their roster and field a team uh that that can play every day in a 162 game season it's just it's not something that they have been very successful about in with in the past Luckily, last year, the one thing is, is that they did have a lot of young players ready to be called up from the minors and ready to go. And that part of it did allow them to not only give guys playing time maybe a bit earlier than they thought they would get, but also for guys to come up and take a role that they might not have might not have been able available to them otherwise. Uh, Drake Jamison and Ryan Nelson are perfect examples of that. That who knows, maybe those guys get their debut in the bullpen instead of as starting rotation guys. They were able to show us what they can do and build confidence in themselves and in the organization about about what they what their future might look like with this team. But Aldo Perdomo was interesting because we often joke about him being our risk king. Uh, and even though his numbers <laughs> there aren't great offensively for a lot of categories, uh, he did have some special thing that a lot of guys on this team didn't have, which was truly the ability to be locked in with runners in scoring position where that was actually a big problem for, for this team offensively. Yeah, it's wild. We tweeted this out a while ago, but uh, Geraldo Perdomo 2022 with runners in scoring position is 122 plate appearances. So a decent sample size. He hit 283, 376, 404, three home runs, 38 RBI. So that's about a quarter of his plate appearances for the season. Um, And he hit, you know, three homers, 38 RBIs in that span. Without runners in scoring position, this is 378 plate appearances, 169, 256, 220. I mean, it's 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 bad. It's it's really really bad. Yeah, <laughs> um, so I yeah I don't know if there's necessarily anything to this. We of course asked Perdomo throughout the season, like like what's going on here? Like you you're really you really right. excel in right. these high pressure situations. He didn't necessarily have. An answer, you know, other than just like, yeah, you know, I feel confident up there in, in those spots. He doesn't seem intimidated by by the moment. But uh, but yeah, it's it it was an interesting sort of tale of two seasons with with Perdomo for sure with runners in scoring position versus without. I don't know if I've ever seen a disparity quite that big uh, with runners in scoring position versus without. It's pretty crazy. Well, Professor Friedman over here uh, took it upon himself to give a report card, as we do, and I did as well. As we do. Uh, so let's take a look at Jesse's uh, report card for Geraldo Perdomo for 2022. Not a lot of good on there, but, uh, you know, he excelled, like you said. Once you get past the first two, it looks past, pretty good. It looks pretty two. good. Uh, uh, offensively, he was atrocious. Uh, we can laugh and joke and have good things to say about him 
uh, offensively when with runners in scoring position. But looking back at his numbers from last year, it's, it's not great. It's not great. Yeah. So minimum 500 plate appearances, which is the exact number of plate appearances that Perdomo had. He had the lowest OPS in baseball. 547. Yikes. The lowest OPS in Yikes. baseball. So there's no way getting around this. Um, I didn't want to give an F because that just doesn't feel right. But I have a D plus for hit. I have a D for power. Um, the D plus for hit, the reason I'm going maybe, I mean, D plus isn't great, but I am giving him some credit for for the fact that he walks a lot. He had a 10% walk rate, which is above average. He had a below average strikeout rate. So his problem is not swing and miss. It's it's that he tends to be a little bit passive offensively. And when an opposing pitcher does give him something to hit, he just didn't really do any damage. And so he kind of throughout much of the season, it looked like he was up there just kind of trying to draw walks and, you know, trying to get on base without actually swinging the bat, which is good to some degree. But he took it way too far to the point where. You know, if you throw a guy a meatball in the big leagues, you have to be able to do damage on those pitches. Perdomo really struggled to do that. Um, And then for power, I have a D just because, you know, I think he had the third lowest isolated slugging percentage in baseball, which is kind of a measure of of like extra base hit power. Um, So, again, just just really, really poor performance there. But he's so young, you know, there's there's room for improvement. The other ones are a little bit better, Derek. Um, I have an A minus for run. He actually graded out as one of the 15 most valuable base runners in baseball, roughly, um, according to Fangraphs' run value statistic. Very good at taking extra bases and whatnot. Didn't necessarily steal a whole lot, um, but there's a lot of value there. I thought his fielding improved throughout the year. I'm giving him a B. Defensively, durability, he was available, giving him an A there. And then dogging him, you know, given that he is the risk king, as we call him around here, I felt like an A was appropriate there. So those are those are my grades. We're, we're, we're relatively close. We disagree we? on a couple of things there. I know you're not going to like the dog in him that I rated at considering what he does with runners in scoring position, but let's go ahead and take a look at my report card. Uh, I gave him a C for hit, um, and probably I could have gone to a D-plus there as well for all the reasons you listed. Same with power. Power was he far hit a, more He hit 195. Like it's his it's ed- hard to his- make a case for that for that right it's hard to make a case that he's even average he's definitely below average in that category but i you know the thing that about it was he was still very good at walking there's still things about his plate approaches at the plate that were very good and again as we discussed with his ability to hit with runners in scoring position i had a hard time giving him a d because of the fact that it's the most valuable time when you can get a hit that's true you know there's something about that like Again, like we talked about, we don't know what that factor is. It's probably the dog in him down there that I gave him a B that he probably deserves an A for. But there's something to be said about your ability to uh, show up in those big situations, uh, even if you can't show up when, you know, when when the pressure is off. Uh, power D minus. His average exit velocity is in the third percentile. His maximum exit yeah. velocity is in the 17th percentile. And his hard hit percentage is in the second percentile. Like Jesse said, with OPS, he is the last, as far as 500 plate appearances, it, it he is dead last. Out. It checks out. It checks yeah. out. There, <laughs> there, is, uh, there is something there. 
run. I'm actually surprised about his sprint speed, and that's the reason why I gave him a C. He's in the 48th percentile, according to Baseball Savant, for sprint speed. He's not that fast. He's but not like, that fast. I was surprised by that Fangraph stat. Like He's that's really good at like taking extra bases and whatnot. That's almost I, I was like a surprised. baseball awareness thing, too, right? Like It's knowing when, based on where the ball went, what, who's fielding it, how long it's going to get there about taking base. Like you said, he doesn't even have that many stolen bases so it's really about his base running ability there uh durability and a again he stepped up uh in a situation where he was not planning or anyone was really planning on him being their everyday shortstop and did an excellent job uh at at, at being there for this team i mean yeah. again he he's a young kid he he is you know basically like six months older i think than corbin carroll so it's it's hard to it's hard to remember uh, how inexperienced he is and, and how immature he still is as a baseball player. I think that he took a lot of steps forward as far as as his maturity and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then dogging him again, I think that it. I, I really want to give him that A-plus for his ability to come up big in those situations, come up big with runners in scoring position. But it's also hard considering that there's <laughs> such a big difference between his batting average with runners in scoring position versus without that like, yeah, the dog in him might step up in big situations, but then the rest of the time, what is it just napping? Is it one of those <laughs> dogs that sleeps most of the day and then just barks really loudly for like 30 minutes at night when the neighbors are coming home? I don't really know, but that's the most I could give. That it, was so. a very analytical uh, dog in him? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was I one was of the trying, more analytical I mean, dog in him mean, answers I've heard. It's, it was, that one was difficult because, trust me, every f- every fiber of my being wanted to give him an A+. Plus. He's our risk king. I mean... I don't think I, I've given anything lower than, like, a B plus in dog yeah, in him. I, I just don't, I just don't, nice have, the, don't just, have the mental stability <laughs> to do that to someone. I, I don't know. I feel It feels mean. Uh, well, looking ahead at per, uh, Geraldo Perdomo's projections for 2023... 20, uh, uh, you know, again, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and I know we posed the question as far as if Perdomo is the future shortstop of this team. Obviously, we know Jordan Lawler is the actual future shortstop of this team, but we're just still not sure when we're going to see him at a major league level. Geraldo Perdomo is more of a stopgap for now, but is he going to end up being their lead shortstop? Or would Nick Ahmed back? Is he going to kind of resume that role as being the everyday on-field you know, not only leader of this team, but everyday shortstop with Geraldo Perdomo backing him up. Uh, what are your thoughts? Because you talked to Nick today. Nick seems very open and Nick seems very much uh, understanding that he's coming to spring training camp to still fight for his position, which I think every player on the yeah. team kind of feels right now. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I, I if you're If you're coming into the 2023 season thinking that Geraldo Perdomo is going to be the everyday shortstop, I'm not going to say it's impossible I know a lot of people, a lot of fans seem to want that just because it's kind of like, yeah, we know what Nick Ahmed is. You know, he's a free agent at the end of the year. Let's let's get this young guy some more opportunities. I don't think the D-backs are, are leaning that direction unless something, you know, if if in spring training, Perdomo's knocking the cover off the ball and Ahmed is struggling uh, in his return from that shoulder procedure, maybe that's something that they would consider. But yeah, as far as the as the projections go, um, neither Steamer nor Zips are particularly bullish on Perdomo. No. Uh, Zips, neither are the Bat X or the Bat or anything. Nobody really is yeah, bullish nothing, on Perdomo. Yeah, none of the projections look <laughs> great, which is fair. I mean, he had the lowest OPS in baseball for 500 plate appearances With last 195 year. 195 batting so, average. Yeah, so Zips has him at 221, 313, 308. 
um, and 0.8 wins above replacement over 500 uh, plate appearances. So basically the same season he just had, a little bit better offensively. Um, it looks like Steamer has him a little bit better, 227, 313, 333. That's, only, the, that's the highest you're going to get as far as projection goes, that right there. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't think anyone's going to have him higher than that. Well, that's, uh, that's not great. But again, at the very least, Nick Ahmed returning uh, obviously impacts uh, his progression. He means, means less plate appearances, le- less at-bats, less starts. It means like just less pressure. Like you're that's not gonna also you're not gonna force yeah. Perdomo to do something he's not ready for yet. Yeah, and and that's and that's fine because to be honest, maybe with the playing time that he's received and now kind of some competition there as far as you know fighting for his position and maybe maybe wanting to be the everyday regular shortstop of this team. Uh, there there's that ability to get better. Competition always brings out the best in these guys. Yeah, it's it's one thing that the Diamondbacks had going for them back when they had um, some tremendously talented young starting pitchers, uh, a guy named Patrick Corbin that you might remember, (laughs) a few other guys. Tyler Skaggs was part of that group as well. And it seemed like that competition really brought out the most of of that group. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really did. It it made them push each other and and really did kind of uh, have, especially Patrick Corbin, kind of stand out who wasn't really projected to be part of uh, part of that group. But, um, yeah, I mean, at the very least, I think it gives the Diamondbacks, once again, options. And as we talked about just a little while ago, uh, maybe kind of can do away with how shallow they were depth-wise last yeah. season. Because it was, uh, uh, even, though they, even though they did a good job at times, it definitely felt like they needed a spark from somewhere else and couldn't really get it. At times, they had to turn to the minor leagues in order to try to try to get that but my my sense is that the d-backs like Geraldo Perdomo um and if you think back to what they did a few years ago they traded their number one overall prospect at the time in Jazz Chisholm who was kind of looked at as the shortstop of the future I don't think the d-backs make that trade unless they felt strongly about Perdomo at the time because they didn't have Jordan Lawler yet they didn't have Jordan Lawler yet Perdomo was like hey we've got Chisholm we have Perdomo you know, maybe they did like Chisholm more, but he obviously had so much trade value. You got Zach Gallen, you know, in that deal, and you still could keep Perdomo in that move. The D-backs like Perdomo because of some of the things we talked about. He doesn't strike out that much. He doesn't swing and miss that much. He walks a lot. He has a good approach. He checks a lot of those boxes that you're looking for in a young player. He just hasn't taken that next step of like, okay, now let's impact the baseball. Like now let's do damage and be a little bit more aggressive in the box. That's the next step for Geraldo Perdomo. Yep. Uh, well, if you guys haven't had a chance to sign up for Underdog Fantasy and you are a fan of daily fantasy sports, Underdog does daily fantasy sports differently. You can draft your team against five of your friends and the highest scoring squads for that night win cash money uh, and bragging rights, of course. But that's something uh, that everybody wants over their friends. Make sure to check out our friends over at the Underdog Fantasy app because it's so easy to get started. And once you get in there, there's a variety of ways, including pickums as well as the daily fantasy games for you to get down on some money. Uh, go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with our promo code of PHNX and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100, Jesse. And actually, when I when I, when I I won my uh, little $1,000 on uh, picking pitch counts by the way higher or lower on pitch counts which is my favorite thing to do uh i was i was down to like my last 20 dollars from underdogs free promotion you know it was like basically my last uh, attempt to win some money back and man did i so uh remember the more when you do the pickums the more uh selections you add 
the bigger the payout is. So check you out. You get the award for the most obnoxious usage of the Underdog Fantasy app. You got it. Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just gonna bet on pitch counts. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, hey, I love it. I loved it. I love, you have no idea how many times I did it either. So of course that's a that's a fun way to get done. Look, hey, look at you. Look at you judging my usage of the Underdog Fantasy app. Here's the thing, Jesse. That's why it's so great. You can use it however you want. Do you want normally to use go it. higher or lower? Huh? Do you normally go higher or lower? Oh, you think it's that simple? No, Jesse. I analyze their last six starts is what I do. Okay. I take a look at where they've reached. I take a look at the season, what their maximum pitch count was at one point. Don't get me wrong. The people just like deciding the number, they also look at this stuff too. But <laughs> I do my research, yo. Uh, anyway, also, and I do my research about beer. You know that. You know I love beer. And I can't wait to do my research on the Four Peaks Brewing Company's brand new IPAs. They have a brand new recreational juice dank IPA, which... I know I'm going to love because whenever the word dank is in there, that means it kind of tastes like marijuana a little bit. And, you know, I'm a fan. Uh, Also, there's the Staycation Super Juicy IPA. Uh, So check out those beers over at Four Peaks Brewing Company and make sure to join us. We're going to be out there on January 25th. Uh, Last Wednesdays are back for PHNX and our entire uh, all these guys, all these maniacs out there. They're all going to be down at the 8th Street Pub on January 25th. And all of our shows are going to be live and in person throughout the day. Enjoy $3 beer specials. Come say hi to us. Eat some chicken tendies. Have a blast over at the 8th Street Pub. And if you can't join us, make sure to grab some beer wherever you grab your beer uh, and enjoy remotely in spirit. Uh, Remember, 21 and over only for those beers and enjoy responsibly. Uh, Jesse, before we get out of here, the the offseason does not stop. Uh, The three, should I say the $3.8 billion offseason does not stop. Uh, Adam Duvall signed with the Red Sox, moving from the uh, Braves, one of the few people Braves couldn't tie down forever uh, their entire career. Uh, Third baseman Brian Anderson from the Marlins signed with the Brewers. Uh, and basically, if you're looking for available free agents, good luck is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> are, Chapman's still out there. The pickings are slim. Nobody wants him, Jesse. Nobody wants him. There he's, are, he's working out for teams. I mean, is. there are teams that are showing up. There are people who believe the Diamondbacks should be one of those teams showing up. I don't believe that they should be. It's just you like don't? I don't believe that they should be in the Trevor Bauer uh, sweepstakes. Well, that know. one's... I mean, I guess Chapman has his, you know, his skeletons in the closet too, but Trevor Bauer is a little bit on another level right now. Chapman, however, is a great example of how with time we slowly forget these transgressions. That's true. That's how how these guys get back into the game when most people don't want to see them get that opportunity again. Uh, However, uh, like I said, there are a lot of former D-backs players available out there There if you're interested in that kind of thing. Uh, (laughs) You could almost put together an entire team worth of D-backs players. It wouldn't be a great team. (laughs) It would not. It would not be a great team. The team would not win many games. It would not. It would not. Uh, (laughs) Currently, it would be led by David Peralta, who's still available. Yes. Uh, We can vouch for him. In fact, we like David Peralta a lot. Uh, And actually, he has the highest war of any remaining former D-backs player on the market, which, you know... What, what, you can't say a lot about it, but I saw. I don't remember where I read this. Someone said like, "Oh, David Peralta could be a good fifth outfielder for a team." And I'm like, I don't know about fifth outfielder. Like, I don't think he's an everyday guy anymore. But if he, if David Peralta gets 300 plate appearances or he something, some yeah, I mean, against righties, he's still probably a slightly above average hitter. I know he's continuing to age, and it's possible he's, you know, he takes a bit of a step back this year, but. Yeah, I, I think he's maybe being a little undervalued right now. I could see that. And I also will say that David Peralta, there's there's an X factor there about 
how much better your dugout and your clubhouse is going to be. Yeah, David he's Peralta so fun. He's a great, great guy to have yeah. around in your clubhouse for sure. Uh, currently, of the other Diamondbacks players available, Andrew Chafin is probably arguably the next most valuable player available. Uh, I think Chafin's more valuable than Peralta. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure you feel that way. Uh, Zach Granke, also available. Uh, Justin Upton, Didi Gregorius, Dallas Keuchel. Archie Bradley, Evan Marshall, Tyler Clippert, and Chris Owings, just to name a few. But uh, the one thing I like looking back on most of these players is there isn't a lot of regret there, right? Like the Diamondbacks, when you look no. at, at players that the, the, the organization has parted ways with and that have gone elsewhere, obviously Goldschmidt is going to always be the, the standout. He's always going to be the one that makes you truly sad. But for the most part percentage wise and especially looking at this particular group of players that I don't even understand how we uh won a wild card game with uh you know this uh, definitely doesn't make you regret too many of their moves yeah Didi Gregorius is the one guy that you just mentioned that I'm like eh, he was pretty good <laughs> he was pretty good for after a little the, while. After the, I mean oh. for a number of years right 2015 through 2020 I guess he wasn't that great he wasn't that great in 2015. He wasn't that great in 2019. All those other years, he was an above average offensive player. Yeah. And, and you know, we all know about the defense. He was pretty good there. He got an MVP vote in 2017 <laughs> and 2018, apparently. That's I don't crazy. know if I really, I doubt he really deserved that MVP vote, if I'm being honest. I guess in 2018, 27 homers, 86 RBI, 829 OPS for a guy who plays pretty good defense. The Yankees got a good one there for for a few years in D.D. Gregorius. Andrew Chafin, to me, is the guy that uh, when you look at this group, I would want back. I still want the Diamondbacks to kick the tires on. I have a feeling that he's probably uh, might be costing maybe too much for them at this point for what they're trying to spend. Yeah, uh, it just still kind of blows my mind that Mike Hazen made the comment that they're they're They'll probably add via trade at this point versus free agency when. The market for relievers is... There's still a few out there. There's still a few out there. few quality guys that could really help this bullpen improve. Yeah, I mean, Chafin, I know we've talked about in the past that at least I personally believe that the narrative that Diamondbacks players, you know, instantly improve when they go elsewhere. There's that narrative floating around in the fan base. I don't personally buy it, at least not to the degree that a lot of people think it's true. Andrew Chafin is one guy where, yeah, the D-backs traded him, and Andrew Chafin's been really freaking good ever since he left the Diamondbacks. In 2022, Chafin had a 2.83 ERA, 67 strikeouts, only 19 walks. That's kind of the biggest thing is Chafin just doesn't really walk guys anymore. And when he was with the D-backs, that was... It wasn't like he was, you know, walking six per nine or anything, but it it was, you it know, was a weakness of it was a weakness. Sure. And yeah. and that appears to no longer be the case, even as he enters his age 33 season at this point. Uh, I like that we have one person in the chat commending me <laughs> for saying we shouldn't have Chapman here. And then we have another person in the chat saying, are all just Chapman, please, and all caps. <laughs> That's baseball. I get it. I think I those mean, are the conversations that, like, teams are having internally right now sure. like like all for the front sure. office people at the desk some people are like oh my gosh yes we have to have her all this yeah. and other people are like no i'm not touching you know bringing back her all this jamming at this there's point there's discussions to be had there's risks and reward to be there right and honestly i made yeah. i almost made a joke about it but i'm not even it's not even really a joke you can you kind of have to know your fan base and how your particular fan base is going to react. You're not going to please mm. everybody, but in some cases there are teams that are weighing bringing in Chapman or a guy like Trevor Bauer because they still have a lot to offer athletically as as an athlete as a part of a team. It just 
once again goes to the question, the moral question, the debate of should these guys be allowed to come in and make millions of dollars playing a game that you really should rightfully kind of earn a, a, a chance to play versus be given one just because you can throw a ball hard, right? So I, I don't know. I, I think that it sucks because there is some team that's going to give them a chance no matter what. Yeah. So then that factors in as well. You as an organization can sit there and try to take the moral high ground, but you're also going to find yourself saying, well, what if <laughs> what if the Reds take them? You know, or what if, you yeah. know, what if the Guardians take them? What if this team takes them? Then it's going to make you feel like you're missing out on an opportunity that your team, your franchise could potentially jump. How on. do you gauge like whether a fan base is like I don't know. Like you're saying some fan bases would maybe be more welcoming of that type of player than others. I don't really have a read on that. Like, which fan bases do you think would maybe There's, be more accepting uh, of that kind of a player? I, I don't even want to get into that because I, I don't okay, know fan bases, enough. and I feel like I'm just going to be insulting fan bases by <laughs> saying that, right? I guess you could say, based on the United States, like maybe more Midwestern-type places that, like, I don't know where where certain kind of behavior like that isn't as seen as outrageously unacceptable as other places. I, I don't know. And I, I hate this. I, I hate being <laughs> in this position because I don't want to just say Milwaukee, right? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to say Brewers that. That's what I'm no. saying, really. I'm saying, like, <laughs> Twins, you know, enjoy your new pitcher, Trevor Bauer. But what I'm saying is, like, they know their fan bases and they know how people are. And I, I don't want to factor in things that people say, like wokeness and shit. But, I mean, there are things that matter uh, to some fan bases more than others. And, obviously, Los Angeles didn't want to take – that risk, that reputation risk on on bringing yeah. him back. So they, they're they eating the money that they're going to have to pay him and some other team. That's the thing is even if he doesn't play m- baseball, he's still going to get paid millions of dollars. Are you talking about Chapman or Bauer? I'm talking about Tre- uh, Trevor Bauer. Okay. He's going to still get paid from the Dodgers regardless. So it, it's kind of a moot point because this guy is still going to get rewarded uh, despite what his actions were. Uh, but it's, it is, it's sports. And, I mean, it really comes down to people – People preferring their team to be good rather than worrying about moral issues like this at, at, at some yeah. point. But isn't it just crazy that like Trevor Bauer is gonna make twenty two million dollars from the Dodgers and he and he might pitch somewhere else. And also make more money on top of it, which yeah, I guess well, it has but, to be but more like other, the league minimum, right? Yeah, like that other team 000. is gonna pay him probably, you know, seven hundred and fifty K. And the Dodgers are gonna be paying ninety five percent more than ninety five percent of what he would make. And he would be pitching for another baseball team it. against the Los it. Angeles Dodgers. I hate it's, it. I hate it. it's a messy situation. I mean, it's Actually, kind you know, of a nightmare. I don't hate that so much. I don't hate that factor of it. The so fact much. that it's so the Dodgers. Maybe, yeah, I, I figured. I, I figured you might not. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I'm still petty. Don't forget that. But uh, I do like to have a fun time, and one of my favorite places to have a fun time is at Octane Raceway and Mavericks. Of course, I kicked everybody's ass in bowling, so that's why I'm such a high. Uh, unlike Jesse, who talked a big game about his ping pong game and came up short. Now, did you actually? I will did you say, actually bowl well that day. Oh I didn't yeah. Re- I don't Oh, yeah, that. I had the top score that day for sure. I remember I backed up bringing my own ball and shoes that day. I think uh, I also I had like the top score at, at my in my yeah, lane, see, but I, but we were kind of we kind of embraced the identity my... of being like the B team. Yeah. So yeah. our scores were probably like lower than all of your scores, but I do think I was either at the top or pretty close to the top. So you I felt pretty remember. good about that. I remember. I remember where I finished because I finished at the top. Uh, and you can finish at the top too by taking your family to Ma- Mavericks and Octane Raceway because they will love you for it. Uh, today is Wednesday, and of course, every Wednesday is winning Wednesday. Half-price arcade games all day. What better day to go? 
uh, maybe this weekend when they have 50% off signature bowling on Saturday and Sunday before noon. But if you want a fun place to spend your Super Bowl, that is the place to be because they have Super Bowl packages that include food, game cards, laser tag, and more. Jesse, when you go watch the Super Bowl, either at your house or at someone's party, uh, and it's two teams you don't give a damn about, do you like watch the game or you like... Uh, are you eating chips and chatting and stuff? What, what's your position usually in a football Super Bowl event like that? Yeah, I, I would watch the game. Yeah, I would probably watch the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it I don't honestly care that much about the Super Bowl in general. Uh, I feel like if I'm at a Super Bowl party of some sort, then I will then I will definitely mm -hmm. watch it. Mm -hmm. But if I'm not, I might not even really care and just be doing other things. So. Uh, it all depends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember one of the blowout Super Bowls that, like, we didn't even make it through the first quarter before we were just outside, like, yeah. bouncing on a trampoline and, and barbecuing. Just, and just don't bet $1.4 million. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't try to steal money from freaking, you know. No matter what the score is in, at halftime or whatever it was, do not yeah. bet do not think much. Don't think you're smarter than the odds makers. But uh, one thing that they're doing over at Mavericks is they have these four quarters of feast for the Super Bowl where every quarter there's different food brought out to you. Just magnificent courses, one after the next, consisting of buffalo chicken, quesadillas, barbecue sausage bites, crudite. I love crudite. I'm a huge fan of crudite. Uh, spinach, artichoke tip, and more. And that's just the first quarter. And then second quarter, third quarter, different courses that come out. That's By the way, insane. I used to, not, not only do I grade players, but at one time in my life, I used to grade snacks. I used to give snacks a rating. Oh, you did. That's I did. right. I used to have a snack podcast, and I rated crudite very high, <laughs> by the way. So uh, not promoting that show or anything, but just know that somewhere out there, there's a snack podcast I'm involved with. Uh, watch the big game at Mavericks with dozens of 4K televisions, 20-foot Jumbotron, 5,000-square-foot restaurant featuring all of this great food, craft beers, custom cocktails, and more. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. So join us out at Mavericks. Book in advance at mavericks.com slash thebiggame. Uh, and also, give Jesse some ideas on what furniture he needs to purchase for more uh, from more for his new place. Because right now, it's just nothing but Chase lounges everywhere. And I really think that that's a mistake. Jesse, <laughs> that's like a dream come true for him. Uh, he can't wait to fill his home with the same piece of furniture. The Chase so. lounge is just such a versatile piece of furniture, though. You could take a nap on it. You can it. take a nap you on, it. on it. You could sleep on it. Like, you could make it your actual yeah, bed if yeah. it's big enough. Like, if I come over to your house as a guest from another state and you have a Chase lounge, yeah. don't even and pump up the air mattress like yeah i'm, I'm good no. son i would take a chase lounge over an air mattress any oh, day. without a doubt i'll take most couches over over an, over air, an air mattress, air mattress. I i'd take some oh. floors over an air <laughs> yeah. uh, by the way depending I'm, on the air mattress uh, i had one that that had a tendency to deflate to deflate during and the so middle I, of the night yeah, so, so you I, wake up and yeah I had, I had someone staying at my place and apparently in the middle of the night he was basically on the floor yeah. it's yeah, yeah. air mattresses yeah. can be great but uh go get me, go get some real furniture yeah go get some real furniture. <laughs> that takes me back to my days of like staying at my friend's house when i was a kid and you would like fall asleep with no blanket, no pillow, and then wake up <laughs> freezing in the middle of the night, just wishing that someone was awake to help you out. But uh, you save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head over to morefurniture.com. Make sure to grab yourself other something other than a Chase Lounge, of course, but uh, they have a wide variety of furniture for you to choose from. And also they have their white glove delivery service where they will bring it in and set it up for you. They hooked me up. They, they asked me where I wanted my couches at. I've never had anybody, like, you know, most places they come in, they don't even take it out of the box. They just bring it in your door and plop, there you go. Like, they were like, how do you want this arranged? What's the best way to see your TV from here? I was like, these guys care. Uh, so get that over at morefurniture.com.
Uh, and we care. We care because you guys care, and we love you guys for being here. Thank you so much for checking out the show. Uh, of course, it, between now and the next time we do this show, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse N. Friedman. Our show is at phnx underscore dbacks. But, of course, all roads lead to at phnx underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, we thank you guys so much for your time. On behalf of Damon, Jesse, and myself, we always appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun. But it's so much more fun when five, five of your prospects are ranked in Baseball America's top 30. Let's go!